2: Okay. Defining moment, Dan. I think that, okay. I know you're going to, uh, I'm going to go first because I think you have, uh, we're both kind of looking at the same one probably. Um, I'll look at that interception because I, I think that there are a couple things in play here. The, it was with two minutes and 50 seconds to go. Roughly the bears are, are driving just 20 to 19. They're in a position where this is where I think that as we dissect it and we hear people kind of break it down, the one, the one thing I think that is interesting in, in what you alluded to is that he did throw the interception. Alexander did kind of read the play from the beginning, and it wasn't a good route. It wasn't an acceptable route for a man as a wide receiver. He's six five. He should have boxed him out more. Use the body to your advantage. But Fields never gave the cornerback any other indication that he was going to do anything but throw the football to – equanimity of St. Brown to that receiver on the dig route looked more like a curl than a dig but that's we're splitting hairs here but I think that when you when you look at what could have been done differently the defining moment certainly in a game that had so many so many other great highlights and was his best passing game except for the final three minutes if you can do that if you can you know separate the two J.R. Alexander was able to jump that route because it was a bad route but also because Justin Fields locked in on his primary receiver in a way that I think he'll get better at not doing and he'll learn from these kind of mistakes. You you see the fourth quarter interceptions piling up, the numbers aren't good, but he can grow from a situation like this. It doesn't have to define him. It may have defined his uh, moment uh, or his game on Sunday only because it prevented him from winning it and checking that box for a fourth quarter comeback but it doesn't have to define him moving forward as far as a fourth quarter quarterback because he can learn from this, and I think that he will.
0: Well, I'm not going to belabor the point on the actual interception, but I'm going to take this a step further because of the things that you just mentioned. It's the fact that the Bears have had the ball in four consecutive field starts with a chance to go down and tie the game or take the lead. And they've they've gotten, as I wrote in my column for Monday morning at chicagotribune.com, they got the Golden Sombrero. Whiff, 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 right? When you strike out four times in a row, you get the Golden Sombrero, and that's where they're at. I don't think that you can uh, allow Justin Fields off the hook on all of his mistakes, even when feeling optimistic, and encouraged, and hopeful about his development. He has a 53.8 rating overall right now, David. It a rating in the fourth quarter. Six of his 10 interceptions have come in the final period. And here's the other thing that 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 is just hard to wrap your brain around. Ten times a season, the Bears offense has taken over possession with six minutes or less left in the game with a chance to tie the score or go ahead. And their only scoring drive was against the Houston Texans in week three. It was a four-play, zero-yard field goal drive in which they didn't throw a pass. So you do the math on that. It's just a, a, a budding uh stack of evidence that tells you that there's a trend here that needs to be reversed. Matt Iverfuss was asked today about some of that, and we'll get into that in a minute. But I'd I'd be curious to get your reaction of those numbers where you have the ball 10 times in the fourth quarter, six minutes less uh, or or less, and and you can't get it done.
2: I I would want to study that, and I would want to talk to people about who know better than sports writers or sportscasters or fans who watch from afar. I want to know internally what's going on. And if there's anything that's happening in the fourth quarter of games that is changing the dynamic or changing the focus or changing anything, because Justin Fields is as exciting of a player as there is in the NFL for the first three quarters of any given Sunday. I think we have seen that this year. And the takeaway from this season will be that he is is explosive and he's had a historic run and all those things can be true. But the numbers you just cited are enough for me, if I'm Ryan Poles or Matt Eberflus or Luke Getze, to want to get together to one of these things after a season and figure out what happens in the fourth quarter? How can we refresh things when we hit the fourth quarter? Let's go back to Sunday against the Packers. They were ahead 19 to 10. And something changed, whether it was Gessy being too safe and conservative, whether it was Fields who maybe, you know, threw the passes in a way that he wasn't making decisions earlier in the game. I don't know what it is, but those numbers are so stark that I would think that you would want to study everything in professional sports we have a you know heck the scores revive the economy for quarterback <laughs> experts every week um on a, on a daily basis so i think that you can study anything i would want to study that
0: well it's a good point and there's a lot to, to kind of zoom in on and analyze and look whenever we list these stats about a bears offense naturally they're going to be reflective of justin fields but they're in all 11 number that we're giving here. And we understand that these things should improve as the offensive line gets sturdier, as the pass catchers get better, as there's more depth, as there's more go-to guys, as there's chances to to make plays. I think Justin has made improvement. I think in those two situations yesterday, both in the go-ahead game-tie and and go-ahead situation, and and, uh, even when they were behind by two scores after the Packers got that touchdown and the two-point conversion, he operated in the two-minute situation with a, a level of command that was encouraging and promising. But then you make the two mistakes, right? And you can't erase those mistakes there's no eraser that says oh well it was all good except for that uh and so they've just got to continue to work through this i i I will say this because we did have a chance and and our good friend mark potash from the chicago sun times asked matt eberflus about this very topic right in in terms of what justin's responsibility is on those fourth quarter late game uh result deciding situations and there was a a pretty good back and forth here that i think is worth listening to
1: how much of the inability to finish these
2: games is on justin because like with the packers yesterday they they gave a lot of credit to Rogers for for their you know those last few drives, even though most of it was on the ground. It was just
1: Rogers being in the huddle and. You know, setting up the the defense and knowing what's going on. And I know they're at opposite ends of their careers, but a lot of times the quarterback is seen in those situations as more than just one of eleven. So at this point, given his he's early in his career, at what point? How much of finishing is really on Justin making it happen? Well, it's the nature of the position, right? I mean, that's what it is. You know, the quarterback you know gets a lot of things that are put on him. You know, in terms of praise and everything, when everybody's blocking in front of him, clean pocket. You know, the receivers running the correct route and all the positivity that a lot of that goes to the. Quarterback. You know, uh, the, the, the media puts it there, the fans put it there and all that. But really, it's all 11 guys. And it's the same thing with the criticism, right? It all goes to the quarterback. Well, it's not warranted that way because it's all 11 guys, you know. So it's, it's a team game, you know. And uh, to me, it, it is because if you don't have all the guys doing the same thing at the same time the right way, it's hard to execute. It just really is. So um, to me, it's all 11. And again, certainly our quarterback is running the huddle. Um, He's running the plays, and he'll be a big uh, instrumental part to our success um, in the future. And uh, and we're getting him in those situations, and he's and he's doing a good job. I thought the two-minute operation was much better um, to me. To me, in terms of the operation of it, you know, it looked crisp. It looked clean pocket was clean, ball was out on time, um, when you look at both of those drives, um, and, and to me it looked a lot better. Do you see him as
2: a guy who can develop, a quarterback who can develop into the guy who wills performance out of his teammates, gets the, gets the wide receiver to come back and block and, and knock that ball down or, or, or make the block, or you know what I'm saying, that wills performance, is that what it takes to, to, to turn these losses
1: into victories? Yeah, that's a good point, and I, my, I would say yes, I believe that to be true. Um, I know I know the man inside after being with him for a year and the grit he has and the talent he has, uh, no question he's going to get it done.
2: Okay, so that's Matt Eberflus talking about Justin Fields and how he finishes games and asked by Mark Potash. Dan, I, I thought that he essentially, I, I don't want to say he put it on the quarterback's shoulders. He kind of, Flues, he didn't say a ton on Monday, but I, but I do think that he was at least understood that It does fall on the quarterback and he implied that the quarterback gets an inordinate amount of praise yeah and then criticism as well but what he left me guessing or wondering was where does he fall on that does he think that's fair or unfair i understand that he accepts that as the reality but i still didn't come away from his answer thinking that i knew any better what he thought about what happened on
0: Sunday. No, listen, I think he thinks it's fair. I think he thinks that it's a step in Justin's development that needs to be taken, hopefully sooner rather than later, and that it's something that he will and uh, can and will learn to do. I think that's Matt Eberflus's vision, is that he's seen enough from Justin the person, Justin the competitor, to believe that this hurdle will eventually be cleared, but it hasn't been cleared yet. And yes, a quarterback gets an inordinate amount of praise and an inordinate amount of criticism. The quarterback also gets paid the most dollars, (laughs) right? (laughs) Right, right, right. And, and at some point, Justin Fields is looking to cash in on a on a contract that will will provide him, you know, two hundred and fifty million dollars, two hundred eighty million dollars, three hundred million dollars, not that far up the road if he if he plays the way that this organization expects him to play and so it is it is okay to expect him even with uh, a a lack of talent and a lack of depth and a lack of experience to to try to go win one of these right nobody's asking him to bat 850 right let's let's start by batting 100
2: right I I think I think I I agree with you Dan because I don't think that anybody wants to get in the habit of what I sense around uh, Chicago sometimes I don't think you want to Lower your bar. Correct. I, I don't think you want to. I think you want to keep it where it is for the Kyler Murray's and the Jalen Hurts and the Patrick Mahomes, frankly. And I think that you want to keep it high. And, and and I do not fear, but I think that in. In, in doing that, you have to, you know, um, accept some of these things. He's going to fall short at times, and that doesn't—that doesn't mean we're, we're being critical of him. It just means that you want to keep the standards high. The one thing I will say this is that what's happened to uh, what happened on Sunday is something that has happened too many times this season to the Bears, and, and that's they've had an individual wide receiver not able to make a play or be part of a play. That led directly to a loss, mm-hmm. and I think that that will change as we move forward, or it's got to change, because I think the great quarterbacks, we we know, we saw one on Sunday in Aaron Rodgers, and what did he, was he known for for so many years? Elevating the play of everybody around him. That's yep. what you want to see from Justin Fields, but you have to be fair in saying that. And you have to have receivers who are going to do their jobs when called upon. And frankly, I don't think that has been the case. And it's been more acute this season than I expected it to be.
0: Well, and it'll be more exaggerated now without Donnell Mooney for the stretch run. I will just say one last thing on this topic is that, you know, who else wants the standard to remain high? The guy in the number one jersey, right. Justin Fields does. He's not hes not scared of any of this. He's not scared of these moments. He's not averse to criticism. Right. I sometimes laugh at, at the way that people uh, in social media and in the public forum rally so quickly to Justin's defense. I think if, if Justin was a bystander for some of these conversations, he'd say, relax, I'm a big boy. I, I, I've been given a, a, a big job and a big responsibility, and I can handle it. So don't be so hypersensitive to every shred of criticism that comes my way. There's more coming because there's, there's more growth that needs to be made. But there's more praise coming his way, too, because there was a lot that was good in Sunday's game, too. And I'm sure we'll get to that here now, too.
2: I think that people who have been coached hard at some point in their life, athletically or otherwise, understand that. And I think he accepts that as well. Okay, let's go to on the bright side. What is your on the bright side moment for Justin Fields? I mean,
0: it's simple, David. It, 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 it's it's three moments, to be honest with you. It's the 55-yard touchdown run, the 56-yard pass to Equinemius St. Brown, and the 49-yard pass to Nikhil Harry, because it's a full day of big play highlight reel stuff that demonstrates three different things, right? Like, one of them is a, uh, a brilliant run, which we have now established that Justin Fields is capable of making on an every week basis. The other one's a 56-yard pass, in rhythm, on time, right to the spot where his receiver can run under it in stride and the last one the Nikhil Harry is an off script play where Justin tries to go to a core route sees that the the corner is squatting on it goes to his second read sees that that's not there feels pressure spins out of the pocket and then goes into a scramble drill and unleashes a ball for a 49 yard gain it's it, it is a full complement of big plays that demonstrate a quarterback's growth maturity explosiveness all of it put together and and Justin himself said after the game on Sunday you were in that room that he felt Really comfortable, right? Didn't get sacked a single time on Sunday, David. Big, big progress, right? Also, just felt comfortable going through his progressions and, and, and using the experience that he's gained through his first 12 starts of this season to understand how to glide around the pocket, to surf, to keep his eyes up, to make those things. It's beautiful stuff. It just needs to keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. But there's so much within that performance to be encouraged by that, that it's just, uh, you know, I, I understand why the hope tank is, is needling towards full.
2: To his credit, he also praised his offensive line for protecting him and giving him that kind of time. And if we're going to point out when he wasn't so flattering about David Montgomery hitting the hole hard enough, or he did mention the wide receiver, St. Brown's shortcomings in that route, we have to be consistent. He did praise his offensive line. It was one of the first things out of his mouth, and they did protect him. My on the bright side, those are good ones because those are chunk plays. Those are explosive plays, and that reflects why we believe, why Chicago has so much hope about Justin Fields. The other one th- that I saw is maybe um, not subtle because it was a good play, but I think it shows the kind of growth that we're looking for. He was injured, so I think he was more careful. He had a 24-yard 24 compl- 24 completion to Cole Komet. Yep. It was um, one of those plays where he had to buy time for himself like he's so good at doing. And instead of tucking and running, which I think he might have done had his shoulder been 100%, I think he kept his eyes downfield. Now, eight weeks ago, six weeks ago, I don't know, at the beginning of the season, I don't know that he would have kept his eyes down the field Dan, I think that he has – that reflects the coaching. It reflects the growth that we're looking for. He kept his eyes downfield, Commit comes open it's only 24 yards only 24 yards but it was a significant gain and I think a real sign of progress in Justin Fields
0: it's a conversion of third and 10 also and it's a, right. another sign right. that they're situationally they're they're humming and David to your point it's not only buying time it's climbing through the pro- pocket right and I remember early in his first few starts in 2021 as a rookie a- having discussions with the the former coaching staff here and, and saying man he's got to stop retreating right and, and making those escapes out the back door and and doing so much retreating there's room to climb this is an example of a climb and throw that that results in a 24 yard gain and i tweeted in the moment when that throw was made that's the stuff right there that's it and so yeah you're right that is a, a bright side for sure
2: Okay, what is the oh moment? Is there another one besides the interception? The
0: first well, one? it's the yeah, it's the second interception, yeah, right? right? It's the two right. interceptions in the fourth right. quarter, and 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 that one was way worse, right? It's a bad decision and a and a bad throw, and it's just an easy pick for for Keyshawn Dixon who just undercut the throw on a on a forced pass into congestion, and and, and why it's problematic for me, David, is because now Justin Fields has ten interceptions, and Justin Fields is part of a, a passing offense that has fewer attempts than any team in the NFL, and Justin Fields is in. Inter- Interception rate is now up at 4.0, which is a really, really high rate. I went back and looked over the last 10 years. There's only been 17 quarterbacks that have had an interception rate at the end of a season of uh, 3.7 or higher. There's some big names on that list, including Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck and a rookie year, Josh Allen. But there's also the, the Deshaun Kaiser's and Christian Ponders and uh, Baker Mayfields and, and other names that you don't really want to be associated with. The other part of this, David, is he now has six interceptions thrown on 65 fourth quarter passing attempts that's a fourth quarter interception rate of 9.2 percent that's something that's got to come down quickly those
2: numbers are a bit i don't want to say troubling but you can't ignore them or at least to be taken into consideration when we're uh talking about the complete picture right the complete picture that everybody sometimes wants to see most of the time wants to see all right my uh-oh moment Has very little to do with maybe Justin Fields' execution. But I did have the feeling you get when you say, "Uh uh-oh, like, oh, my God, what are you doing? First quarter. Was it the first drive? It was the first drive. Third and one. Quarterback sneak. (laughs) What are you doing, Luke Getze? You're killing me. I've been talking you up all season long. I love the great Getze. I want him to be here for a long time. I think he's a real practical uh play caller i like the way that he has handled this offense but don't do that don't call us quarterback sneak on third and one now it was converted and he got one yard.
0: But you know what's interesting, David, is it really wasn't converted. If you go back and watch the rewatch, he's about a half yard short. And the referees signal first down, and then they spot the ball. And, and uh, me and Brad Biggs and Colleen Kane noticed this up in the press box. The chains moved, and then they were like, oh, God. And then they moved the ball up a half yard to where, where, where the first down would have been. It was a bizarre play that no one talked about.
2: Why didn't they challenge that then? Because I thought <laughs> he got a very generous uh, spot, too. And it was like, what's, what's going on here?
0: Yeah, that, that was strange. But, yeah, it, I mean, your point is made on that one. Um, it, it will lead me into my big number if you're ready to go okay, there. Okay,
2: I'm ready to go to the big number. What's the big number?
0: So my big number is zero, and it's the number of designed runs that were called for Justin Fields after halftime. Uh, he had he had three in the game. One of them is the the touchdown run. He had a, a, a scramble on the first drive and the quarterback sneak that you just referenced. But after halftime, there was only one rush, and it was a tuck-and-run scramble for one yard. And so you're looking at a situation now where the Bears took their biggest uh, – wick of their offense the juice in their offense which is justin fields as a runner and they 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 put it on mute for the second half of that game perhaps coincidentally they scored three points in the second half of that game and so i i asked matt eberflus on monday just what he made of that and and you know You want to hear him say, okay, obviously we're trying to keep our our injured quarterback healthy and not expose him to hits that he doesn't need to take. At the same time, I think this is the direction that they want to take this offense as it continues evolving and realizing that that, uh, that springboard and that trampoline they hit coming out of the mini buy in October and used for five or six weeks is not something that can last forever. The bears weren't going to be able to have their quarterback run for 140 yards every week. They weren't going to be able to have their quarterback have 15 carries every week. And so they realized that, that for their long-term growth, they've got to figure out how to do things. And Eberflus said on Monday afternoon, David, that he would prefer it. If Justin's designed runs were coming situationally third down red zone, uh, two minute drill, and they were very strategic more than being this every drive staple of what they do. It's going to be really interesting to track that over the final four games of the season.
2: That's interesting. I want to get to that in the next segment. Okay, my big number is five, and that's the number of fourth quarter interceptions Justin Fields now has.
0: It's six now. I am sorry, I had that wrong yesterday.
2: It is six now. Then my big number is six <laughs> because I think that as it continues to grow – there are extenuating circumstances. I think that you have to take into consideration that whether it's Amir Smith-Marset or Ekmanemius St. Brown or frankly Darnell Mooney against the commanders or Dante Pettis against fill in the blank. He has not had a receiving core that's going to help him out, that's going to make a play to prevent maybe something from happening or whatever. But six fourth quarter interceptions in 13 games for a quarterback who is developing is too many that's not in 12 games because he missed one you're right so that's one every two games and and I just don't think that you can ignore that it's remains a box that's unchecked you want it to get better that's not saying it won't I expect that it could and it probably will if they get the talent around him especially at the wide receiver position but right now coming out of another loss to the Green Bay Packers when he threw two in the final three minutes, six fourth quarter interceptions is the number that is glaring to me.
0: Look on your way to becoming a star NFL quarterback, you cannot skip checkpoints. You just can't. That's not allowed in this league. And so this is a checkpoint. He's got to get over. He's got to take better care of the football in game deciding situations. He's got to lead scoring drives in game deciding situations. The bears have to put that puzzle together for him by getting him more help. And certainly when you watch other teams around the league and you go, Oh, you, You can just throw a ball into the end zone to A.J. Brown and he'll grab it. Right. Oh, you can just feed Tyreek Hill on a four yard pass and he'll go for for 58. Right. And so eventually you hope that Justin Fields gets some of that help that that he's entitled to and he probably deserves at this point. Uh, But, yeah, the, the quarterback himself has to make sure that he's doing a better job in these moments.